0: We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. If you look in this auditorium, I could not help but be excited this morning because there is a number of you who maybe were not with us at the beginning of the summer, and you are with us now. And and I say praise God for that. I'm so grateful for those of you over the last couple of months that have decided I'm going to be a part of this family. I'm going to to maybe check this family out, and you've stuck with us, or maybe you're still in that I'm checking you out mode. I thank you so much for being here. It is such a blessing to see you every time that we are here. For those of you that have always been here, we're blessed to have you as well. Don't think that we don't love you, um, but we know we can count on you, and we know that you are here through the good and through the bad. But for those of you that That are with us and maybe new with us. Thank you so much for being with us. It makes my heart so happy to look in this room and see it this full this morning. So thank you so much. Let's take our Bibles out and open to the book of Ruth. Open to the book of Ruth as we continue our our lesson series of Redeemed by a Faithful God, the story of Ruth. Let's catch up to where we've been and then we will get to where we are going. We started out this particular series three weeks ago talking about key words from the book of Ruth, some key words that we see is grace. What is grace? It's showing people love when you don't like them. The next word we talked about that Sunday was faith, committing, and being in a relationship for the long haul. We're here, and no matter what goes on, we're going to be here. We talked about the idea that morning that if you've been in church for a little while and you've not been hurt, offended... Um, Picked at, made fun of, somebody not, you know, somebody's not gotten aggravated at you. Guess what? It's not that we're perfect. You just hadn't been here long enough eventually your feelings are going to get hurt by people that love you. It's just how it happens. But what it says, faith is saying, I'm committed to being here in this relationship for the long haul. And when those difficult moments, those difficult challenges come, we're going to work through them and we're going to get to the other side of them. Then we talked about redeem. This word in some shape, form, or fashion is found in one out of every 100 words in the book of Ruth. It means a fixer, someone that says our relationship is too important for it to stay broken. And I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make sure that we fix this relationship. I've already scared one kid this morning. We're off to a great start. Faithfulness is where we landed last week or two weeks ago, being committed for the long haul. We talked about Ruth's faithfulness and how do we remain faithful. We go stage by stage and season by season in life. We're going to have difficult times and difficult moments. We take that moment as it is, we work through it, and we move to the next stage. We don't let that one stage, we don't let that one season overshadow everything. We talked about filter all counsel through your values, not your feelings. That it's not about the moment. It's about God, and it's about what he has laid in our souls. And ask the right questions, not what makes me happy. Not what makes me happy, but what can I do to serve God? That's how we look at this story. So that brings us to this idea, and we're going to see this play out today. Faithfulness will bring blessings that can't be had any other way. Faithfulness will bring a blessing that can't be had any other way. And that's really the story of the book of Ruth, because we open up the book of Ruth, and you've got a family. There's a famine going on, and I believe that part of the famine is a direct result of their unfaithfulness to God. God is punishing his people during the time of the judges for all the the bad that they're doing. And he's saying, hey, I'm not going to be with you. I'm not going to be here for this. I'm not going to stand by and just let you be this type of person. If you want to follow the gods, the gods of the air, uh, as Baal was, he said, go ahead, pray to him. See what he can do for you. And it puts them into A time of famine. So Elimelech and uh, Naomi, they leave and they go to Moab because they hear that there's food there, right? They they know that it's maybe a little bit better off there. So they leave God's people. They leave God's promised land. And to many ways, I think you can read into it, that they left some of the commands of God behind and they went and they dwelled in a place where God says, you don't need to intermix and intermarry with people outside of the covenant here. And that's exactly what they do. Their sons marry uh, some women from there. And what ends up happening? Elimelech dies. And then the sons die, and then it is just Naomi and her daughter-in-laws. And she gets ready to come back home because she hears that, that there is bread in Israel once again, and they get to a certain spot. This kind of gets us through where we were two weeks ago. And she says, you don't have to go any further with me. That I, you know, Hey, look, there's nothing for you where I'm going. And one daughter-in-law says, hey, you're right. See you later. Love you. Thank you for all you've done. I'm going back home. But what does Ruth say? Ruth says, where you go, I go. I am faithful to you. Because of that faithfulness, she's going to find blessings in her life that she would have not have received any other way. So let's um, go to James. Nope. I'm trying to get through a few things this morning so we can, I see a lot of fans. Okay? I'm aware that it's hot in here, so we're going to move as quickly as we can, but as thoughtfully as we can this morning. Let's go to Ruth chapter one. sets up our idea here, okay? Being faithful and receiving blessings. We're going to read through some of this and comment, and then we're going to make some overall statements at the end. So, two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the, woman ex- the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Hey, here is, a, here is someone in our family, our friends, our neighbors. They've been gone for a decade, and they show back up, and, and everybody's excited. They're like, Wow, well, where have you been? What's going on? Tell us about what's Where's your husband? Where's your boys? You know what? There, there, there's a stir going on. Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life very, what's that word? Bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty, the Almighty sorry has brought misfortune upon me. Let's stop and park here for just a second. Park here for just a second. I think it's interesting in this statement that she places all the blame of her bitterness in her life on who? On who? The Lord. Now, I believe that there may be some truth to that. I believe there may be some truth to that. You can make the argument and you can look at other stories and other situations and you can just look at things that we believe in general. That when I turn my back on God, I also put myself in a situation where I don't receive all the blessings of God anymore, right? There are more blessings from God in his house than outside of his house. Correct? If my children got up this morning and go, Hey, Dad, we're going to go live somewhere else. What does that mean? They can go live somewhere else. They will always be my children, but I'm not going to cook breakfast for them in the morning because they're not going to be there. They love my French toast. Guess what they're not getting the next day? French toast because they've put themselves in a situation where they no longer benefit from the blessings of being with the Father. And so there very well may be cause for her to look at God and go, you've done some of this to me. This is punishment for me leaving your people, for leaving your land, for leaving your commandments. But at the same time, what is there not any of in this story? There's never a moment where she says, but it happened because I left. It happened because I turned my back. All the blame is on God. And none of the responsibility is taken for her. And that's something we've got to be careful with. We've got to make sure in our life that when there very well may and will become moments in our life where God says, I'm punishing you. You've done something you shouldn't have done. You're going to have to face the consequences of it. God very well may do that and will do that to you. Not in an unloving way, but in a loving way. But don't just point the finger to God. It's there to help you understand you're in the wrong direction and you need to turn around and come back. Let's keep going. We're going to touch on some more of this in, in better strokes here in just a minute. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Now, one of the things that you're going to see over and over through the text that we're going to look at this weekend, next week is every time Ruth's name is mentioned, there's always kind of a condition tied to it. There's always this reminder... That she doesn't belong. Ruth the what? Moabite. You're going to hear Ruth the widow, Ruth the this, Ruth the that. There's this idea that she doesn't belong. And that's going to be key to understanding this idea of a redeeming God as we go throughout the story. But then here's something that's easy to jump over, right? It's easy to jump over. They're back in Bethlehem, and what has begun? The what? The harvest. The harvest. How many of you love fall? Fall. I love fall. It's probably, uh, with, with the exception of, of Colin's, probably our family's favorite season. She loves Christmas. Okay? I mean, she would leave her room decorated Christmas all year long, but we all love fall, especially like right now, the idea of fall sounds wonderful, right? The idea of fall sounds wonderful. We enjoy fall a little bit differently than maybe past generations in, in our country, and especially different from here. The harvest has begun. What's going on for the last at least 10 years in Israel? A what? A famine. What is there not during a famine? A what? There's not a harvest. This is a joyful time. This is God coming back in and going, hey, I'm blessing you again. Along with harvest also means that there's jobs that are now here that have not been. I can provide for my family. We don't understand the idea of not having. How many of you at least one time in the last two weeks have walked in your kitchen and said there is nothing to eat in here? And what does that really mean? There's nothing that I want. There's nothing that I want to eat in here. But for all of us, Our kitchen probably is pretty full. It may not be what you want in the moment, but you can eat. The people of Israel are coming out of such a low spot. Such a low spot. They were empty in all ways that you could imagine. Spiritually, physically, they're empty. And now they're coming back into the cycle of joy. This is a great time. A time for for celebration. It's a time for celebration. And who's showing up? Bitterness. So you've got Naomi who left as joy. She comes back to God blessing the people of Israel, but she comes back what? Bitter. There's all these plays on words as we go through this. Keep those things in mind. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Melimelech whose name was Boaz. Boaz, say that. Boaz. That name means laughter. Boaz, he's this guy. When you study, like, why are you going to give this guy this name? Because names meant something to the people of Israel a lot more, to the Jewish people a lot more than they do to us. This guy was, was, he, was a, 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 he was the center of attention when he walked in the room. I told him this morning, when I've thought, when I've written this out all week long, When I read and think about Boaz, I think about Randy Kilpatrick. I think about Randy Kilpatrick. Randy walks in a room, and you know Randy's walked in the room, right? Why? Because one, Randy's loud, but Randy's smiling, Randy's telling jokes, Randy's laughing. If you, if you don't know Randy, Randy's in the bright green shirt, and his face is blood red right now. And Judy's sitting on the other side, and her face is blood red. Well, she's somewhere. Her face is red. I said, Randy's a center point in my sermon this morning. She goes, well, that's great. When Randy walks in the room, and you spend time around Randy, and you don't laugh, more than likely there's something wrong with you. Of course, everybody thinks there's something wrong with Randy, but... When you think of Boaz, think of that personality, just big, the center of attention, makes everybody feel better, makes everybody laugh, but also, you're going to see through the story, he also pays attention to what's going on. That's another thing about Randy. You'll learn about Randy is Randy can be loud, and in the middle of it all, but during all of it, he's also kind of sometimes standing back, just observing what's going on looking at what's happening. You're going to see that in Boaz as well. You'll never look at Randy the same again. That's going to be his new nickname is Boaz. So again, play on words. Bitter shows up and then all of a sudden we're introduced to who? Laughter. Okay. And Ruth, the Moabite, here it is again said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I found favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. If you go back and read through the old law, there's a provision during the harvest for those who are poor and those who are widows. And the provision, in short, is this. When you're harvesting, if you are trying to like hold your stuff and like trying to bind it all up and you drop something, you leave it. And then you also leave the corners of the field and he says, you, take, you leave that stuff so that those who do not have can come in and have. It's God's provision of taking care of all of his people, those, the haves and the have-nots, if you will. So she says, hey, let me go and see if I can pick up some of this leftover grain, and maybe I'll find some favor of somebody. And Naomi, Naomi goes, all right, go ahead, daughter. So she went out into a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As as it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived. He's on the scene from Bethlehem. And he greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. And I love that, because the first words from laughter that we hear is what? It's a blessing and an assumption that no matter what's going on in life, God's where with you, that God is. Why is he able to be laughter? Why is he able to be this big, bolster everything's great and grand guy? Because he knows what? The Lord is with me. Boaz asked the overseers of the harvesters, who does this young woman belong to? Then the overseer replied, she is the Moabite. She doesn't even have a name right now, right? She's the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvester. She came into the field and has remained here from morning to now, except for a short rest in the shelter. Now, marriage is one thing for us. Marriage was the same but different during the time of this. Women were property to a degree, but it wasn't a negative thing it was an issue of protection all right it was an issue of protection and he's looking and he sees this woman out here that he doesn't recognize in his field and he goes who is she and who does she belong to and he's wondering because he wants to help her because we're going to see that he wants to do something to help her but he doesn't want to overstep if, if, if she belonged to someone else and someone else is taking care of her and protecting her, then, then that's fine. I want to help her, but I want to make sure that I'm allowed to, that everything is okay. And they say, hey, she's this Moabite woman that came back with Naomi. And, and she's, she's gathering, you know, and, and she's worked hard all day long, except for just a moment. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, I love that phrase, because we've gone from an outsider A foreigner to what in an instant? Family. It's beautiful. Laughter walks in. The one who says, God's always here. And he looks at this young woman, and he doesn't look at her as a foreigner. He doesn't look at her as an outcast. He looks at her as who? Family. He says, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field. And don't go away from here. Stay here with me. Or I'm sorry, stay here with the women who work for me watch the field where the men are harvesting and allow and follow along after the women i have told the men not to lay a hand on you and whenever you are thirsty go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled he says come in and be a part of my family because he knows she is family she belongs to the same core clan that he belongs to, and he says, I'm going to make sure she's okay. Even though God's not mentioned in this particular section, I think you see the hand of God moving through this whole story right here. And it's only going to get better as we go along. Let's talk about some things. Here we go. Faithfulness will bring blessings that can't be had any other way. That's something we want to remember as we go through this. All right, so what's the result of faithfulness? Here's the first thing I see from our text this morning. We hit two things, and then we'll wrap up. What do we see here? The first thing we see is God will be with you. God will be with you. As Jesus leaves, as Jesus leaves this earth at the end of Matthew, what does he say? He he leaves this great commission, but what's the last phrase of the great commission? I will be with you always. I will be with you always. Boaz's first words are these words, the Lord be with you. The Lord be with you. When I think about difficulty, see, so the book of the book of Ruth is about suffering and challenges. How do I navigate those things in a spiritual way, directed towards God? And how does God bless me even in the time of challenge and suffering? And this is the first one of them: is God will be with us. But the difficult part of suffering many times when we suffer and are going through challenges, we feel alone. We feel alone, like I'm suffering by myself. And this is something that I read this week, and I thought it's very interesting. Everyone suffers, but everyone suffers uniquely. Everyone suffers, but everyone suffers uniquely. We have had, hey, we've had a challenging week as a church family. We've had a sad week, As a church family. We've had a couple of our families that have walked through some difficult times and challenging times over the last three weeks as they've said goodbye to people that they love, and they have all suffered through that, and they've suffered together, but they've also individually suffered uniquely and in their own way and in different ways. But it's easy for us in those moments, if we're not careful, to feel like we're suffering all alone, Which brings me back to what was read for us just a little while ago from the book of Isaiah. What does he say there? He's he's telling Isaiah, he's saying, look, when you go through difficult moments, I will what? I will be with you. And you're going to go through those difficult moments, but ultimately he says, those moments will not win. Those moments will not win. When you pass through the waters... I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And then he ends it, for I am the Lord, what? Your God. I like thinking of it this way. When you're in over your head, say it. I will what? When you are in rough waters, what? When you're between a rock and a hard place, I will what? Because? I am your God. Say this, he is my God. And he says, I will be with you. So know that you're never alone. God is always with you. Even though you're suffering in your own way, God is always with you. He's with them through this whole story. And we're seeing evidence of that. Here's the next thing and the last thing. God will give you what you need. That doesn't say God will give you what you want. God will give you what you need. What did Naomi want? Naomi wanted their family back, right? Naomi wanted their family back. And God says, I I, I can't do that. He could. I'm not going to. It's just the nature of things. But I'm going to give you what you need. And you know, a lot of the times what we want and what we need has to do with our focus. It has to do with our focus. I want you to go back to 1 verse 21. In the very beginning of this text that we read today, this is what she said. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. So she's blaming God. I went away in a great place, God. I went away and everything was good. I went away joy, and I've come back who? Bitter. I went away full. I came back empty. And that's her perspective. That's her focus. Everything was great, and God, you emptied me. It would be easy to look at it that way, right? It's easy to look at the wind. It's easy to look at the wave. It's easy to look like Peter and be out on the water. And I'm walking on water. And Jesus is right in front of me. But what do I start paying attention to? The wind and the waves. And what does Peter start doing? He starts to sink because of his focus. What's God's focus? You went away. God hates it when we go away. God hates it when we're the prodigal. He hates it, but he lets us leave. He says, if you think you can find blessings somewhere else, go ahead. I'm not making you stay. This is a voluntary, a voluntary thing. Volu- vol- yeah, voluntary relationship right here. He's like, I'm here. I'm all in. If you are, that's great. If not, go see what you can find somewhere else. But he also loves the next word. What's the next underlying word? Back. He said, I left empty, but I came back. And that's where he rejoices. She came back. She might have come back empty. And you're going to always come back empty when you walk away from God. But just like the prodigal son, when you decide to come home, when you decide to come home, the father is standing at the end of the driveway. And as soon as he sees you, he runs after you. He wraps you up. He puts clean clothes on you. He puts a ring on your fingers, shoes on your feet. He starts the barbecue. And he says, we're going to treat him as if he never left. Just imagine that. Boaz is that guy in this story boaz is that picture of god my daughter i'm gonna make it right for you i'm gonna treat you like you belong here even though you've come back even though your family dynamic has come back empty i'm going to fill you up in god so i ask you this question what is your focus this morning are you focused on away and empty and the negatives or are you here and full Our focus a lot of times depends on where we are in our life. We all go through cycles. We all go through journeys. We love the moments of blessings. How many of you complain about blessings? How many of you have ever been like, God is blessing me way too much right now? Anybody? Anybody ever said that? I don't think any of us complain about blessings. We are full of joy in those moments. The Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Of course he is because things are going great. It's easy for us to be like Naomi and be like, hey, as long as everything's wonderful, I'm joy. But then we kind of get in this moment where we realize that there is a buildup toward a challenge. And in that moment, we start to think, what's it going to be? God, are are you here? And our prayers, they change from thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, to probably, hey, God, can you just fix this? I see this challenge coming. I see this difficulty coming. God, can you fix this? And then what happens? What do we go into? The challenge. The waves. The rock in a hard place. What are we going to do in that moment? Where's your focus going to be? Because there's going to be a resolution. And in the resolution is going to determine whether you roll back into a season of blessing or you stay in a life of challenge away from God. So what is your focus? Are you full? Are you empty? Are you away? Or are you back? To me, that's what you need to figure out for yourself this morning. Is as I look at the challenges in my life, how am I framing them? Do I believe that God is there? Do I believe he's going to take care of me? Do I truly believe that? Am I going to be faithful even in the most difficult times? Ask yourself that question. Pray about that. And I hope you find a positive answer. Let's close with a word of prayer this morning. (coughs) God, we know that you are the great I am. And we thank you for being that God, the God that is always there. But God, you know we go through challenging moments. You know it's so easy for us to be walking right toward you and looking right at your face and the wind pick up and the waves smash across our face, the fires burn, and we start to sink. In that moment, God, help us to refind our focus, to get back to looking at you and, and, and knowing that blessings come in that faithfulness. That there are blessings on the other side of that challenge that we would never receive if we didn't keep walking toward you. Help us to be faithful and know that you are there, God. God, be with be with those that are in the seasons of blessings. Help them to to be the rocks to everyone else. Be with those who are in the buildup and wondering what's next. I know something's coming. I know there's a challenge brewing. Help them to have faith to stand strong. Be with those that are in the challenge, God. Help them find your face and lean into you and to find your understanding and your strength. And God, those are who in the resolution Help them to keep walking toward you, to find that peace and blessing once again. Just be with us all. We're all somewhere in that journey today, God. And just help us to know that above all, that you were there. You always have been and you always will be. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessing. Thank you again for joining us, and please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Mortals join the mighty chorus which in Twitter the morning stars began. Farther love. Be is sure, sure to join us again. And until then, brother, remember to love, love like man Jesus. To man ever